going to do point four of the seven foot point line training. And I'll just do a short recap, very short recap of what's gone before. So we start with point one, which is about uh, the preliminary practices. It just assumes, the seven point line training assumes that we are quite well versed in the foundational practices, so the practices like meditation, uh, the mindfulness of breathing, or the metta bhavana, that we are doing ethical practice, we might be doing puja. So all of that is assumed that we're doing that. Yeah. We're doing that. And in the second point, uh, we were looking at um, meditation instructions for um, training ourselves in bodhicitta. And then we also explained that term bodhicitta. Bodhicitta is the mind heart oriented towards awakening, towards compassion and towards wisdom. So it's looking inside, I, I remember this quote, looking inside I, I see I'm nothing and that is wisdom and looking outside and I'm, I see I'm everything, that is love. So and then between that my, my life revolves. It's, it's, I can't really remember the exact quote but it's that kind of thing we're looking at with bodhicitta we are, we are um, wanting to see the nature of reality because we know that's going to uh, help us um, eradicating our suffering eventually and compassion is coming up in, in relation to suffering in ourselves and other people. So that is, I would say, uh, point two. And uh, so we're looking into uh, the insubstantiality of our experience and we were also practicing the Tonglen practice, uh, developing compassion by using the breath to take in suffering and to give out whatever is needed. And then last week, 1.3, we, we were looking at taking adversities onto the path. So seeing that um, rather than uh, our difficulties in our lives being obstacles, they're opportunities that we can work with that will make us grow. And that um, if it isn't for difficulties, there's no way that we can uh, come up against our... Uh, we can grow. How can we grow if we don't come up against difficulties and learn and, and put our everything we learned into practice, learn more, grow more? <coughs> That's what difficulties are for. So that was point three. So today, uh, for point uh, four, point four is about um, the forces, uh, the powers you're sometimes calling them, that, are, uh, that we are using to um, <coughs> make our whole life a life of practice. And I'll obviously going to uh, expand on that. That's point four. So it's the... Uh, exertion that we're putting into our uh, our lives, but later on there's also instructions about how to how to uh, apply these forces in in the uh, when we're when we're dying. So they're 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 going. Uh, these instructions in point four are about like how to <coughs> use these forces in our lives, but also how we're going to use it uh, in our dying process. So I find them quite interesting. <coughs> So, um, so we're using these, uh, these forces to, to train ourselves in a life that is moving towards awakening, that's moving towards more wisdom, that's moving towards more compassion. And we're doing that with the understanding that when we are at the start of our practice, um, the forces are weak. And, but when we're practicing, and we're practicing more and more, and our lives become more a life of, life of practice, these forces are gaining in strength. 
that is the idea, you know, the, the idea of the skills. If you're practicing scales, initially it's very hard, isn't it? Your fingers are stiff, but later on it's becoming more and more easy as you become more versed uh, in, in those practices. And um, I was thinking about, uh, as an image, like you're uh, standing on uh, the foot of a, of a hill, you know, when you're walking in the Yorkshire hills or somewhere, and you see that big sort of top, and you're kind of thinking, oh my god, I'm never going to get there, it's so high, it's so difficult, there's so much, so much energy I need to put into this. But then you start in walking, 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 and you look back, I think, oh yeah, yeah, I've climbed quite a lot, but it's still quite high, but at some point you're going to get there. So I think that might be an image uh, that we could use for uh, these forces. And... Um, a force or power or strength, it might sound quite uh, strong maybe. You might think about like the, the, the strength of or the power of a hammer hitting a nail, but that's quite a harsh kind of power as it were. But you could also think about power or force as something that is quite subtle. And I was thinking, for instance, you know, you've got concrete and there's these cracks in the concrete and then you see the grass coming through. Mm. So there's an incredible power in, in for instance, the, the growing of a tree or the growing of a grass. So we don't need to think about forces necessarily as something that is quite forceful, mm. as it were. So, so these are some, uh, some comments before um, I'm going to go into these five forces. So there's five forces that, um, that uh, we can use uh, whilst we're um, uh, practicing uh, the Dharma. And the first of these forces is um, uh, setting a direction or determination, or sometimes it's also called impetus. And it's just about, it's like deciding, it's deciding I'm going to do this, I'm going to, um, for instance, wake up, I'm going to develop more compassion, or I'm uh, going to develop more wisdom. And in our system of the Seven Point Mind Training, it is all about I'm going to develop, I'm going to train this bodhicitta. So there is that a decision or a determination, I'm going to do that. Maybe a bit like uh, you're starting a car, you know, so, yeah, I'm going to do that. And then from there then on, that is the way you're heading. And um, in a meditation, for instance, it would be the uh, deter determination, I'm going to be present, I'm going to wake up in this meditation. Mm -hmm. But if you see it in the course of a whole life, you can see how a whole life could pattern around a particular uh, determination, a particular decision to move in a direction. You see what I mean? So that is the, uh, the force of, um, of uh, determination. And um, through doing that, for instance, if you do one day decide, I'm going to make that decision, I'm going to uh, put my life in the context of uh, developing compassion, it also means that some of your very old habits might just have to give away because that's what you're trying to do. You're trying to break old unhelpful habits and setting up uh, newer, um, more positive, uh, beneficial habits. And sometimes fear will come up with that as well. So, okay, yes, I've, I've decided to do this thing, I'm going to do this thing. But it also means that you've got to let go of some old unhelpful things and often fear would come up um, in, in relation to that. And then lastly, maybe, I had an image with this uh, force, the force of, um, uh, of uh, determination. 
I just think, I was thinking like maybe it's a bit like you know you're 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 typing your destination in your GPS <laughs> and it's a bit like that and then your whole life starts to pattern you just have to follow the directions really and what we're putting in our GPS is developing compassion developing uh, wisdom for the benefit of ourselves but also for all our being so that's what we're putting in our GPS for our lives. So that is the force of uh, of um, determination. Now the second force um, that uh, the mind training uh, mentions is the force of familiarization. And this is all about um, making a continuous effort. It's um, going back again, again and again to the practice so that it is in your fingertips. It becomes part of you. So that's that uh, you could say this uh, force of familiarization is all about mindfulness. So you're deciding to mind be mindful of body. So you've got to remind yourself again and again throughout the day, okay, I'm going to be mindful of body. Or you're uh, deciding to be kind, and then you've got to also remind yourself again and again and come back to it, come back to it, come back to it, until it's like second nature. So that is this force of uh, familiarization. And uh, then the, uh, the third um, force um, in the mind training, this point four, is the force of the, uh, it's called um, positive seeds or virtuous seeds or wholesome activity. And, um, and this is a lot about motivation. This is also a lot about uh, so in our actions that we're um, trying to act from skillful mind states. So that's, that's uh, so we are accumulating more beneficial uh, conditions for ourselves in the, um, in the future and also more positive conditions for other people who, who we will encounter. Hmm. So that's the, the force of uh, the virtuous seeds. And um, I, I particularly, this particularly appeals to my uh, imagination and, uh, and, uh, um, I just love this practice when I started knowing about this. It's, for instance, you could turn any kind of activity that you're doing during the day into wholesome activity. You can do any kind of activity. You can dedicate every activity you, you do to the benefit of all beings. And you could use the imagination of doing that. Just suppose that you're um, uh, working... Um, or working in the garden. You could be working in the garden and you could just imagine how um, through working in the garden, people working on the in the on the on the on the uh, on the land in um, in the rest of the world, you could just send them your well wishing and um, wish for uh, that working with the earth that, that will uh, yield positive results, that good things will start coming out of the earth. Something like that. So you can dedicate even watching television to, if you just do it with the right motivation, it will become a wholesome activity. And it's just quite amazing if you think about it. Well, maybe we could just talk about that after, after the break, just see what you think. And there is, a, um, uh, there is one of Sangharaksha's teachers, Sangharaksha, who's founded the Triratna community, uh, was Dardo Rinpoche. He's actually on that uh, photo that you see on the shrine. And uh, Dara Rinpoche um, was a, a lama who uh, did this uh, the whole day. He used the whole day 
for his practice, and I'll just read out a passage of his daily program. So Dardo Rinpoche's daily program ran as follows. He regularly rose between 4 and 4.30 a.m. He washed and dressed while visualizing himself in the form of a deep blue bull-headed figure called Vajra Bhairava, or Diamond Terror. So that's what he was doing when he was washing and dressing. <laughs> and then, um, at the same time, he recited prayers of purification and repeated mantras. And uh, he continued to do this whilst he was cleaning his teeth, <laughs> which consequently took between 40 and 50 minutes. That's sort of better than my two minutes, I guess. <laughs> and he then ate a light breakfast and sat for a period of formal meditation. I just thought it would be amusing to, uh, I just always really admire when I read about him. So he used all of his activities, even the brushing of his teeth, to, to generate this uh, wholesome activity. Anyway, let's not uh, digress. The fourth uh, force uh, in the mind training is the force of, it's called reproach or repudiation. I know a lot of people don't know the word repudiation or revulsion. So it's actually basically saying no, saying no to uh, negative, um, negative mind states uh, coming up or difficult mind states coming up. It's not like you're denying them, but you're seeing that if I... If I continue with this, and if, if I put fuel on the fire, that is not going to lead to my happiness or the happiness of all beings. So you really see that in your mind when a particular flavor comes up. And you think, if I go with that, that's not going to lead me in a good direction, so I'm not going to go with that. So basically, you'd say that is the force of uh, repudiation. So, um, and then it's also uh, analyzing what's going on, like if there is a particular state coming up, what kind of conditions are around it, is there anything I can do with this, is there anything that I can do to, uh, to not make this occur in the future, so it's, it's of that kind of nature, this force, the force of repudiation. And it's also um, uh, quite interesting, I find, that... Um, uh, in, with this particular force, what you're trying to do is you're trying to abandon ego-cherishing thoughts. And I know that might sound a bit daunting, maybe, I don't know. But ego-cherishing thoughts in a sense of just knowing that if I only go for what I want, that's not going to lead to a better result in the future because I need to take all of, all of every, the whole situation into account. So... Um, at some point we need to let go and really need to look into all these areas in our lives when we are clinging on to this. And there might be, uh, for instance, um, I might be uh, eating a packet of biscuits and somebody comes along and I said, no, 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 you don't, you're not allowed to have a biscuit. It's that kind of like clinging to... Uh, clinging to mine, 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 this is mine and you can't have it. So letting go of that. So there's a lot of areas in our lives, I think, where we're, where we're doing that. Holding on in, in small ways. So we need to go into that eventually in the practice. We need to shine our light uh, in those areas. For instance, this is my seat in the shrine room. I'm not looking at anyone now. I'm closing my eyes. <laughs> this is my seat in the shrine room. You're not allowed to sit there. Just saying. There's that, uh, that kind of like, <laughs> uh, those kind of sort of uh, thoughts, okay? So let's move on, quickly. <laughs> <laughs> 
So the last force, uh, the fifth force, is the force of uh, aspiration, or you could say dedication. And, uh, and this is um, about um, wishing. So we're wishing a particular, uh, well, good results for other people. We're wishing other people to be well. We're also wishing ourselves to be well. But that's the force, the force of that wishing. And actually the force of that wishing is quite strong. And uh, often when I'm teaching the Metabathnaram, uh, I'll be talking about how the wishing or the imagining for good things to happen uh, for, um, for other people, it just, it just trains the brain. It actually alters the brain, it changes the brain. And that's how we train the mind, train the brain, by using our imagination. It's just quite incredible how that happened. Because when you are imagining it, you do create those pathways. And that makes it much, much more likely for you to act like that in, in the world uh, of the bushing. So that's the, uh, the force of, um, of aspiration. And uh, uh, those of you who have um, uh, done the, uh, the puja, I think a lot of you have the sevenfold puja, in the puja, the, uh, the last verse of the, uh, the transference of merits, that is also a force of aspiration. So you're, you're wishing, you're wishing uh, that uh, you'll be of benefit uh, for, for all beings. So that's a few things about how to use these forces in your life. We'll uh, talk a bit more about it. But um, I think that if you become more conscious of how these forces play out in your, in your life, um, that it might make you realize that you're practicing much more than you thought, which I think is quite a, quite a welcoming uh, discovery. And also, um, if you're more aware of these forces, you could just start using them much more and uh, also appreciate your own efforts more. So you might want to uh, look at those forces in your practice and thinking, okay, no, maybe my force of determination could, could do with a bit of work. Maybe I need to put a bit more uh, effort and, and mindfulness into setting my goal and, or setting a goal for the day or setting a goal for the week or something. So that might be quite useful to, to, to uh, apply them like that. So that is the how to use these forces in your life. And now I have a few uh, points about how to use this, how to use these forces <coughs> in the process of dying. And um, and this is actually for when you do have time to prepare, because you know there's so many ways to die, and um, most of it, well, some of them, you know, the. You don't have any. You don't have any preparation. There won't be any, because it's just like that. That's that's the end of that. But I think today in our modern lives, a lot of us will hear at some point about. I don't want to. <laughs> I mean, this is just the reality of our lives, isn't it? Sometimes we'll hear we'll have a particular illness, and we know that we'll have a bit of time. Yeah? We have a bit of time to prepare. So. Um, so these, um, these forces um, can be used uh, when you do have that time to prepare. <laughs> Everyone looks a bit shocked. But anyway, I'll go into it. Um, so what is recommended in the practice if you do have time to prepare is, uh, firstly, um, so the order of the forces is slightly different here. Firstly, we get again the, um, the virtuous seeds, the wholesome activity. And it's recommended that, um, well, just before you're actually dead, 
to just give away your possessions. It's just like you're really holding on to them and it will just be so much easier if you don't have them anymore, if you don't worry about them anymore, and if you know somebody else is going to look after them, you're going to benefit other people with, with your possessions. So that is like, like a... Yeah, actually something quite beautiful to do. We could just actually do it now. Yeah. But anyway, let's just... Look. Yeah. Anyway, so uh, we're giving away uh, our possessions, um, uh, firstly. And then uh, comes the force of uh, repudiation. So in this dying process, just really saying, very clearly saying no to negative influences. It's quite a strong time often, so just saying no, no... Um, um, no to negative habits, no to uh, negative influences. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's quite funny, isn't it? Somebody's fallen asleep. And relaxed. It's just talking about death, does it? <laughs> so, um, the force of repudiation saying no to negative influences, no to negative habits. And also clearly saying no to the thought there is a truly existing self, because apparently in this stage that leads up to dying, that uh, the ego kind of clinging is at its strongest. Because, you know, we, we do really, really cling to life, don't we? Of course we do. So, uh, and then we get the, um, the force of... Um, oh God, I forgot one. Before the force of repudiation, we have the force of aspiration. And it's, uh, I was just talking about the transference of merits, but just suppose that in that process that you're, that's leading up to your death, you could just dedicate your whole life's work to the benefit of other beings. So that's quite, we would sometimes dedicate the puja, the, the merits and the puja to the benefit of all. But just suppose that you could dedicate the, all the merits, everything you've accumulated in your life for the benefit of other beings. That's quite a quite a, a strong a strong thing to do and quite a beneficial thing to do. So that uh, was what I had to, had to, had planned to say after the giving away the possessions. Then comes this one, and then comes the one about repudiation. So, and then point uh, the next one is the determination, and the determination is again at that point uh, to. Um, resolve to uh, or practice wisdom and compassion, uh, the bodhicitta. And it seems like, in our eyes, it might seem like a weird thing to do just shortly before you might be dead. But think about it, how that would change the quality of, of, of how you feel then and how the quality of the whole dying process will be completely... Um, or transformed and get much easier when, when you would do this. And also, if you do, some people don't, but if you do uh, take on the Buddha's teachings of rebirth, this is also what you're intending to do. This is where, if life stream would continue, which is the teaching of the Buddha, then it will move into that, it will move into uh, the, uh, the bodhicitta, the, it will move towards awakening when it continues. That's the idea behind that. Um, okay, so that is the uh, that force and um, the determination. And lastly, we come to the force of familiarization. And um, at the time of death, you might not have a lot of energy. You now have a lot of energy, but you know when you're when you don't have a lot of energy, it's much more difficult to do any kind of practice because you don't. You know your mind be 
you might have <coughs> morphine, uh, uh, you might have all lots of machines around you, you're worrying about people that you're leaving behind, there's lots of, maybe lots of noises around you wherever you are. So basically, the force of habit at this point would be strongest. Well, everything that you've been doing, trying to familiarize yourself with during your life, is going to benefit you in that moment. Because you've just been doing it, because it's part of you, and it's going to be easier to do it. So, those are the five forces uh, to, to use at the time of, uh, of uh, death, approaching death. And I was just wanting to share something uh, with you about uh, a friend of mine. Um, I had a friend uh, called Vajramayi, and she was ordained at the same time as I, 13 years ago. And she was diagnosed with cancer in, uh, well, late in December last year. And she died in February. So quite fast, quite a fast process. But with her, I just found it, with her, I've really seen the benefits of the practice because she just let everything go. Her house that she'd been attached to for 30 years, she wouldn't be able to budge from it. She just let it go, moved into a community. She just arranged everything. And also, she just let go of unhelpful habits. Just let it go. And uh, she, she, she was sometimes wasn't that easy, but she let that go too. <laughs> she really did. And it had never been clearer to her, which she, she told people around, uh, we, we did this farewell ceremony for her, where she told everyone how the practice was benefiting her in this time, and how particularly now she could see the whole relevance of the practice. So I found that incredibly beautiful to witness that, that uh, for her, uh, yeah, the practice just pulled her through and made her death quite a graceful, generous death, which she, she shared uh, with her friends and people around her. So that was quite amazing to witness that. So, because the time of our death is uncertain, so now is the time to decide to commit ourselves to the practice. Yeah. So to familiar ourselves with the practices, to do our best to always act skillfully, to discourage any actions that are harmful to ourselves, and to dedicate our lives to the service of all beings. Hmm. That is our, my, um, my last words about the forces, uh, those five forces, how to use them during life and how to use them preparing for death. And now a few questions for us to ponder on. Uh, I'll be finishing with those. Um, well, just try to recognize these forces in your own experience today. Just see if you can find them. It might be interesting. We'll talk about this after the break, I hope. Try to find those forces in our own experience and ask yourself which of those forces is strongest for me right now. And ask yourself which of those forces is the weakest. And then, is there anything I can do to strengthen uh, those forces that, are, that I think are weakest and seem to be weakest? And then lastly, through being aware of these forces, can I get an idea of how much I'm actually practicing? Mm. 